Well, Nick, we could start off with some Christmas carols, or we could tell everybody that the bourbon's been poured and we're ready to go. But whatever have you, we can we can do a lot of things. But it is it is the Christmas season now. We've officially passed Thanksgiving, and um, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot to be thankful for. But I, I got to say, we had the privilege tonight uh, that a lot of podcasters don't. We actually got to sit down with one of our listeners and talk a little bit of football specifically you know trash talk united for everything that they're worth and talk about US men's national team how they've progressed since the Jurgen Klinsmann era or regressed however you want to look at it and we just got to we just got to shoot the breeze right we got to talk about everything under the sun from Timothy Vea to Juventus and Inter to City and Liverpool we're all, all of which we're going to cover but yeah, we we it's 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 rare that you get to hang out with one of one of the the people that pays it back, and we just want to say thank you to all of them. And um, yeah, I mean, it was that was really cool, just the three of us being able to talk shop today at, at, at the bar. Yeah, absolutely, man. We even we even got into some Pogba, some Pogba talk, some Jose Mourinho, some G, uh, Jermaine Jones. I mean, dude, we were all over the place. Wrexham. Wrexham was even involved. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, it was great. Yeah, you don't you don't get to do that very often. And and like we said, we could have turned a mic turned a mic on, and hell, we would have had episode number nine right there. So yes, indeed, it was great. Absolutely great. So yeah, I've got the uh, I poured some Willets, got the good stuff out tonight. Um, we because we have a lot to talk about, so I just had to had to go all out after that. The fantastic meal and. And great talk that we had at the bar, but yeah, it is it is officially uh, Nick. We got to talk about this man. Christmas, it's it's Christmas season. We're we're heading there. Tomorrow's December first. I mean, we're there. Yeah. We're full throttle, right towards Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. Christmas music's on at the restaurant. We're uh, yeah, we're full force. I got the uh, Jennifer put the lights up today in the apartment. We're uh, we're ready to go, man. Santa Claus is on his way. Yeah, now I got the uh, the trees bought. I got I got to put it up. I'm gonna put that up tomorrow. Yeah, I got, I got all my stuff. I got my decorations. Spent my 300 bucks at Lowe's and Michaels. It's just incredible how yeah. much this stuff costs every year. But you know, it is what it is. And yeah, um, yeah you got to do it. You know, it is the season. And um, yeah, so we had you know a little bit of a post Thanksgiving feast, if you will, in some of the leagues and. The two big matches that uh, obviously came up last weekend were first and second place in both Italy and the Premier League. You had Man City and Liverpool, and you had Inter and Juve, which both ended in the same exact scoreline. And yeah, so I mean, I would say in my opinion, Liverpool were favored in my opinion, and City went up first, and then Liverpool equalized, and then I thought Inter were favored. Juve went up first and Inter equalized. And it's at that point, I think that maybe, especially Inter and Juve were going for a draw. I think they both just said, you know, the hell with it. Let's split the points. But City and, and, and Liverpool were not like that. I mean, it was, it was, it was really down to the wire. It was an exciting match. I had told you last week we recorded late and I was going to be a really early wake up for me. I watched the entire match from start to finish, obviously, it was the coffee fixture, or if you're in Italy, it's the espresso fixture. 
And um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was everything that it lived up to be. I thought it was an incredible one one draw. Now I'm not sure, you know. So you missed, I know, a little bit of it. Were you able to go back and watch it? Yeah, man. I I watched. Uh, I think I woke up. I think it was a little over halftime, right? I mean, I was actually up kind of early, and 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 I made the comment. Yeah, because no matter of fact, I I remember clearly now. I woke up and it was one nothing to City, and I said they're gonna tie it. And then I was I I predicted two one to Liverpool. Once they tied it, I said there it is, and I said one more coming. And uh, of course, I was a little short on the two to one, but we did get the the one one. I watched, man. I watched. Uh, I watched the end of it, and then I watched the extended highlights. I like looking at the um, the Premier League or NBC will put out like a ten or fifteen minute clip of all the the plays, you know, the extended stuff uh, from the the goals and whatnot. So you get to see kind of what happens and how it went. And uh, I think it was a great match, man. From what I saw, it lived up to the to the hype. And um, granted, I didn't get quite the result I wanted, uh, Trent. Had a beautiful goal. You got Salah with the assist. I mean, what more can you ask for? You know, you uh, you can look back on this and say no one slipped. They split the points. Um, and you say on to the next match day, man. Um, you, of course, you'd like to get them if you're Liverpool or City. But, you know, big matches like this, man, it's hard to steal points, man, especially uh, especially for Liverpool in in City. If you dad, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a feat. They can do it. There was 53,000 people there. Uh, and, um, I mean, if I were a Liverpool supporter, i take the 1-1. i move forward and work off those positives, man. I am, in fact, yep. doing that, Nick. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, the one point, and I am moving forward. Yeah. Uh, we're going to d- take a little deep dive in this match. I was going to serenade people with my singing voice, do some carols. Uh, but I will. I'll spare everyone. Um, yes. I, I only finished. I finished eighty eighty sixth place on American Idol for the, the yeah. trial. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do my Luther Vandross uh, Jingle Bells yeah. version just yet. But I was feeling very satisfied after the match. Right? Okay. So. Let's take a deep dive into this. We'll we'll look at this from a from a uh, kind of a perspective here of, of statistics, right? So Liverpool goes out in a um, their typical four three three. You had uh, Simikas at one fullbacks with Alexander Arnold, the other Van Dyke, Matip in, in the center, Curtis Jones, McAllister, Sobosly in the mid, Jota, Nunez, Salah up front, and then for City a three two four one. Walker, Diaz, Ake, Rodri, Akanji in mid, Foden, Alvarez, Silva, Doku in attacking mid positions, and of course the mutant up front. So this match was uh, fairly back and forth uh, for the first 27 minutes, Nick, and uh, both both sides had their chances, and it was uh, Allison complete. Just th- th- This is the thing that bothers me about him. When he screws up, he screws up so, so incredibly badly that it just—I mean, it just ruins your day. I mean, it, like, like it's like this is this is one of those things where it's like you can make that same exact kick ninety-nine out of a hundred times, and and you're not gonna you're not gonna hit the ball at the side of your foot like he did. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you brought this up because this is a big this is a big thing with Allison, man. I mean, I love Brazil, as you know, from their domestic league to their national team, and he is Brazilian, uh, of course. So is Ederson. It's funny you got both the national team goalies in this match, but Allison's one big thing is exactly what we just talked about. Is he has these moments where he's like. Harry Maguire in goal, dude. He just has these bonehead moments where you got to ask yourself, what are you doing? Sure, he missed kick that, that, but you cannot do that in a game at this magnitude, man. I, I agree with you. I mean, it's funny. He'll he'll screw up like this or miss a, a, a save for in a big game, but then he'll run down the pitch and score a header for Liverpool to, you know, get qualified for champions league or something you know what i'm saying so yeah when he makes up for it he makes up for it but when he screws up he screws up so unbelievably bad it's just not even funny yeah absolutely man so i cursed him for everything he was worth i mean i cursed that son of a oh i believe it yeah okay anyway keep going yeah no i i just i agree with you man if if that if he fixed that one mistake i mean it's funny as i'm as i have the highlights playing he's battling with uh with the kanji in goal for, for a corner. It's like the guy has, has everything you can ask for in that goalkeeper, but he just has that, you know, if bonehead moments was a, was a, was a stat in, uh, in FIFA, he'd be at like an 85 or 87, you know, the guy can cause some havoc with these decisions he makes. And man, I'm telling you just the class, the class is there. Sometimes he just, he, he flounders those, those, uh, those big moments, man. I, I I saw it whenever you told me what happened because I was in the first half and I missed it. And I just couldn't believe it, man. It's so crazy. If he hits that ball in the right spot and that goes to midfield or past, you know, uh, midfield, that goal doesn't get scored and Liverpool could end up winning that match. Yeah, no, for sure. So, so Holland uh, gets – so Holland gets gets the ball quickly off. Well, he it, it's it he receives the pass. He splits the center backs. They're basically looking at him. Yeah, the, it's, I, and, just, and I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, no, go I gotta say, I gotta say, that's what I was pissed at. I'm so glad you just said that. We talked yeah, about yeah, this, right? The center backs were looking at Holland, basically just walking oh, past or running past them, standing around. Like they're wa- like like they're watching a freaking movie or something, dude. I did not that. Thank you for saying that because I completely yeah. forgot about that conversation. I, yeah. I couldn't believe them just standing around. I mean, they were just watching them, ball watching. Why? And 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 obviously, you know, we call him the mutant, but we also respect the fact that he's one of the most dangerous goal scorers in the world today. And so when he splits yeah. the center backs, gets into the gets into the box, basically unopposed. He's got Allison one on one, and he and, and and with the power of that shot, if it's on target, you've got no chance at it. So Allison, you know, on your own screw up, you you left yourself vulnerable to yeah. the one nil. But at the same time, there was absolutely no help from Liverpool's back line to stop this guy, and you you have Zero. to recognize who you're dealing with, right? Yeah. Any other player for you for City, I wouldn't have cared about, but. Of all the people, him, that's the one guy you can't let slip past you. And it was almost like he was completely unmarked walking through, you know, 
basically yeah. a, a paper wall. Yeah, just walking right on through to the top of the box, and uh, yeah, dude, that hell, shot, yeah, that shot wasn't going to be stopped. And that, I, you know, it's funny, man. I I was more upset with them watching than I was with Allison just hitting that ball wrong. Is that crazy? Right. No, I mean, it, no, it's not crazy. It, it, it's it, if you look at if you look at the sequence of events from Allison's whiff kick to. City getting it into in Liverpool's attacking half, or sorry, Liverpool's defensive half. Sorry, yeah. To the pass to Holland, to splitting the defenders, to getting the shot, and then scoring the goal. It, it it's all it all happens within about five to seven seconds, and it's just atrocious. Yeah. Like that, the sequence of events is atrocious. So yeah, yeah I mean, I'm at this point, um, I'm cursing at the TV. I'm I'm. I have a friend that calls me. I said, I got to call you back. I can't talk to you right now. Like I, you, you're like, sorry, you're, you're, you're not important right now. Like period. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Call me back. I'm like, yeah, if I, if I, feel, yeah, if I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Liverpool, it's like, this is, this is my, this is my, my morning, right? Like this is where, yeah. this is what we're doing. So after that, Liverpool city, both still had their chances and, City were I thought were the better side overall in the first half. What were your what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, from from watching these highlights, uh it looked like the first half, you know, they had City definitely had more chances. That one shot by Phil Foden where Allison reached for the stars and got a little fingertip on it, that saved another goal right there. Uh so it's it's funny he caused one and then he absolutely makes a stretching save, fingertip save. Versus that Phil Foden shot. So, yeah, man, once once halftime hit, man, Klopp made his adjustments, and then you had the beautiful, absolutely beautiful uh, little kickback to to Trent, and Trent just kicks it right in that corner, man, for that beautiful goal, and then puts his finger over his mouth and tells City fans. Oh to yeah, sh- well, hold on now, we got a little bit to go. Well, hold on, hold on, we we we're skipping, we're we're. That's we're skipping way forward here because I have a few few more thoughts on this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So, what I thought was interesting. Yes, Klopp did make some adjustments, but he also kept the same eleven coming out of halftime. Yeah. And so I thought I thought City were the better side at the half, and I thought that they started to play rest on their laurels a little bit in the second half, and I thought that they. We're not taking advantage of one particular situation. And this is a situation that has haunted Liverpool for the past two seasons. And it is the Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back as opposed to right wing back or right mid. Yeah. He got absolutely abused. Cooled. Multiple times. Yeah. By Jeremy Doku. I mean, completely. I, um. Turned around, twisted up like a pretzel. However you want to classify it, Doku ate him alive. Yeah, on the wing, on that, on that, um, on that wing up there, where he was basically in one-on-one situations with Trent, and he just, he just, he just, he kicked the ball around him, and it's basically, like, basically, he didn't nutmeg him, but may as well say he did because he just basically got around him at will whenever he wanted to, and for whatever reason. City was not able to capitalize yeah. on that fact. And the same player 
that was getting abused on defense is also the same player that has a massively dangerous shot of his own from both dead ball situations and or set pieces, if you will, as well as the open play. He scores his first Premier League goal of the season. Liverpool eased into the second half of of the match better than City did. They obviously were chasing the match. They had to be the aggressors. That, Nick, a lot of times leaves you open against City to concede more goals, but Liverpool's obviously not Brentford or not Sheffield or not, you know, one of the Bournemouth. So they have a more reliable defense in midfield. I got to say, so out of nothing comes a goal. Salah just dumps it off. But the, but here's the thing. If you look at the play, the defender is drawn. I think it was Sobo's life. I'm not mistaken. It may have been someone else, but I think it was Sobo. He's, yeah. he's drawn away from the middle of the box by the midfielder that's streaking down the, the half space. Salah is then able to have a clear path to Trent. Trent gets it and just one times it right into the corner. Yeah. Past Ederson. And we're all tied up 1 1. And that's where I was going with there was a little bit, we had to cover a little yeah. bit more. No, for sure. That happened there because I believe that City started to believe that they were going to win 1 0 or possibly 2 0 because Liverpool had to be the aggressors, but Liverpool were able to respond and answer. And they did so in in a in really something out of nothing is the way I would say it. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, just jumping into the game at the end there or right after half, I I was definitely feeling like someone was going to get a goal, and I was just feeling like it was going to be Liverpool because of my you know prediction. But I knew someone was going to score. But you know the the thing that we talk about a lot. And I think this might have been one of our first conversations when we met was us talking about Trent. We always bring it up, man. Trent, Trent, the defender. It's always a liability. It's always something. It's I I, used, I say it to you all the time. Why doesn't Klopp figure this out? Why does Klopp not get this right? Or why can he not move him forward into the midfield? You know, I've said that to you. We say it all the time, man. I think. I'm telling you, one of our first conversations was this, and it's just something that we always wonder, man. I mean, uh, it, there's got to be something that can be done to where you move Trent up, and it's not so he's not so liable on those wings with people like Jeremy Doku or whoever's on that wing, and you don't have to worry about Trent's, you know, defending. Yes. Um, so I think it was actually Cody Gakpo that actually – lured the defender offside because I, I look back at the timeline now and um Sobosly was substituted in the seventy third minute and this goal was in the eightieth minute. So yeah. I think it was Gakpo. I'm pretty sure Gakpo lured the anyways, whoever it was, uh brilliant off ball play, right? To yeah. get City disorganized. And I agree with you. So um Trent is magical in the midfield. He is He's an amazing, he's an amazing, he has great vision. He sees the ball, sees the, sees his, his, his teammates. He finds the open player. His, 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 his playmaking ability is superb, but he's in a defensive role. And right now, uh, Liverpool do not have 
a true replacement for him at right back. That is the dilemma. Yeah, and, and he's so he's so crucial for stuff like what we just saw versus City. You know, I mean, without Trent on that pitch, that you know that doesn't happen. But you take it with with the bat, I guess. You know, I mean his his free kicks and his shots and stuff and crosses are just. I mean, there's like no one better who does it. So it's, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. You know, it, it's like you, if Trent could just, you know, defend like he would take a free kick, hell, he'd be, you know, one of the best players that touch the, the face of earth, you know? Um, Absolutely. Uh, so it, it doesn't, it doesn't end just there. There's still a lot more drama and especially in the 98th. So the 90th plus eight. Just why you know uh, Mutant almost gets the uh, the winner, yeah. As he he basically heads it across the goal, but no one is there for City to attack it. So Liverpool got uh, survive a huge scare in, in the 98th minute, and then it goes on to the draw. Now I want to know your opinion on this. Uh, it ends at 90 plus nine, so we almost went 100 minutes of City and Liverpool. Uh, great one one match. Um. Both split the point. This is I, I will say this. This is a loss for City and a win for Liverpool because more than likely yeah. Liverpool will win the match at Anfield and they'll take four out of six points. Ooh. So this is huge in the title race in terms of if Liverpool do win, let's say they just go even the rest of the way and they split the points. If Liverpool do win, then they go ahead of City by two points with the win at Anfield and thus they secure uh, title number 20. So. Yeah. Um, your thoughts though, one of your thoughts on the post-match where Nunez got into to Pep's face a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny. I was watching as we were talking, I was watching the, uh, the highlights and yeah, Nunez was pointing to it, pointing to the shield and, and talking his, uh, talking his trash. It's funny after all that happened, Klopp and, uh, Pep got together and, and kind of shook hands and laughed. A lot. Yeah, a lot they did. No, yeah. So it was kind of funny, man, watching that because you got Nunez talking straight S-H-I-T to Pep. And then next thing you know, you got Klopp and Pep kind of laughing. So I I find I love it, man. I, you know, I like Nunez from the from his time at Penarol to Benfica. I don't I've liked Nunez. People talk a lot of trash about his misses, but that him talking trash to Pep. Good man, talk that trash. Wait till the next meeting in Anfield. You know, I I thought it was great. I that's that's what I want to see from from a player who's fighting for the title, and you're playing against the best team for the last you know six years minus a year. Then you want to be in their face. You want to talk trash, and Nunez can back it up, man. The guy, sure he'll miss some big chances, but watch him watch him score a brace or something against City in Anfield. Then he can you know tell people to shut up because because he's going to back it up. But I thought it was great. That's what you want, man. That's exactly what you want. It's crazy because last year at the beginning of the season, we had Thomas Tuchel and Conte talking trash to each other after Tottenham. Remember, they didn't want to shake hands. And then the beginning of this season, you got Nunez talking cash, S-H-I-T, to Pep, showing them who, who's boss this season. Yeah, so, I mean, I still don't really quite know what the issue was about. Yeah, no one kind of does, man. I, I actually read up on it and was looking at it because I watched uh, 
the Liverpool live stream guy. I, I always like watching his match reviews. And he was even confused. He was trying to understand why Nunez went over there and started barking because he didn't see anything happen. So it must have been something that was said either while he was running alongside or, or something was said probably during the match or at the end. And then he went over and talked his told, told him his part, you know? Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just kind of funny how that all unfolded because I don't think there was any kind of like controversy beforehand between them. And I, I don't know whether Nunez thought that he had something where it was a dirty play or, or, or whatnot, or, but I mean, just to, you know, Pep's, typically a very modest guy and and you know it's it's it was just very weird that Nunez just kind of attacked him I mean Klopp obviously and Pep respect the hell out of each other so oh. you know they they laughed it up and and you know Klopp's obviously the most successful manager against Pep in history yeah um, he owns a winning record against Pep um so they obviously yeah they respect they respect each other very much but yeah it's just very weird um how that all went down so we 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 uh we move on then Nick and you know this week it doesn't get any easier for City. They will travel we'll we'll talk about this later but they travel to London to play Spurs and Spurs traditionally have given Pep a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Doesn't matter who the manager is whether it was Conte, Pochettino, Spurs have always given City trouble and this is yet another so they they drop points before the break. To Chelsea, they drop points after the break to Liverpool. They have now for the chance for the third consecutive match day to drop points, and it's a chance for Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa. Yes, I'm saying this, Aston Villa. Yeah, to make up ground on them and and to make this a very very competitive race in the Premier League. So, um, the other big match in Europe was one versus two in Italy. Nick Inter versus Juve. Massive, massive match. Uh, the WD Italia, best rivalry in in Italian football. Did you? I didn't feel like this one lived quite up to the standard of Liverpool and City. What were your thoughts about this match? Same, man. Yeah, I mean we uh, we talked about it on the podcast last week, and it's definitely uh, it. I feel like there was a little bit more excitement per se in in England, but. I mean, and I say that just because kind of after, you know, after halftime, you expected a little bit of something, some fireworks, Quadraldo, uh, Quadraldo came on in the 70th and uh, Malik and Keane came on for Juventus at, at, a little bit later. You kind of thought something would happen or something would shake, but enters back line just too tight. And the same with Juventus, man. 1-1 at half and it stayed 1-1. I mean, the... Uh, the uh, the old lady struggled to climb, man. Um, I, I was I texted you when uh, Latoro scored because I know that's one of your guys, and uh, that assist from Thurum just just beautiful. And and after that, I kind of thought Inter would take the reins, but not quite not quite what happened, man. The one one final, uh, definitely a little bit more excitement I feel in England, but yeah, I mean they both take their points or their point and uh and move forward i mean this keeps the table uh still only two points above juventus so it's not like it's they're running away i feel if inner would have won this would have separated a little bit but because of the draw yeah. it's gonna be you know yeah. we, we still got a decent race so 
Yeah, I mean, so you got to think about this, right? So Juve only had one shot on target the entire match. They had four shots yes. total, one shot on target. They score. They only had 34% possession. Inter had 66%. Four shots on target to to Juve's one. I just didn't, like, overall, didn't think it was as entertaining a match as City and Liverpool. Yeah. That's not to say it was a bad match, but I did feel... Lataro scores in the 33rd minute. So you still have over 10 minutes left in the first half when it's 1-1 against these two juggernauts. I'm looking for a little bit something more to happen. And I just didn't feel like either of them really went for it in the second half. You know, I mean, what did you think? No, I, I absolutely agree. That's That was my big gripe with this. After halftime, you expect to see something. And then, I mean, if you just look at the – it's funny. I was keeping up with the match and going back and forth. and it was just, it wasn't, it was, the second half was just bad, man. I mean, you had all kinds, I mean, even the distance covered was was low for any kind of match from passes that were completed and whatnot. The numbers just were not up there. I mean, you had Spain completing 1,200 in a World Cup match, and you had a team, Juventus, not even break 400. So the 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 match was definitely slow, but these these back lines just were playing so tight. I feel uh, I feel that they both kind of just were content with that. I mean, Inter had that one chance in the second half, but other than that, it was just slow, man. I mean, I'm talking about literally nothing in the second half that was even worthy of almost a highlight. That's how bad it was. You have two Inter has two former Bundesliga giants in midfield playing in their midfield, uh Chalonolu and Mikatarian for yeah. Leverkusen and Dortmund respectively. So yeah. you know they the, the Bundesliga loves to give and, and they certainly have. I mean Inter's midfield, you know, with Dumfries, Barella, DeMarco, Mikatarian and Chalonolu is just um it's a five five player midfield there and then you have obviously Turam and Lotaro up front. Yeah, uh, I, love I just it. wasn't, I love you know, I like uh, Vlahovic and Chiesa. I just didn't, I, you know, after all, obviously Vlahovic scores the one goal, but I just didn't see enough for me. And I told you this before the match. I said, Inter, if they lose, it's not the end of the world. But if Inter wins, that very well could be the five-point cushion that kind of decides it because they're – so solid that they're not going to they're not going to drop that many points from now until the end of the season and, and Juventus would almost have to stay perfect right yeah but it stays 1-1 it stays two points Inter still ahead but I said this before I said I just think that Juve are still in this 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 sort of rebuild in the post Allegri era and now they're of course still managed by Allegri yeah and I just think Inter's squad under Inzaghi is better suited to win the Scudetto this year. That's what, I mean, do, do you, am I making sense here? Oh, no, dude, absolutely, man. No, I, I agree fully. I, I don't see any other team taking this from Inter. I mean, back line full of studs, that midfield is just so experienced, man. I don't, I mean, I always tell people, man, if I could bet my life on it, 
you know, gun to my head. I, I take Inter Milan 100 times out of 100. I just don't see anybody battling them for this, this lead up top. Uh, too good of a midfield, and and it's funny they just replace, they just replace someone leaves, replace them, and p- pop this person in, and it just works, man. Look at goalie. I mean, we could talk about that for an hour. I mean, yeah. you got a, a moron in in Premier League now, who people bring up this one game he had in the Champions League final, but really you can accredit that to Inter Milan's defensive midfielders. And their back line. I mean, clearly that was the the shining star, not Onana, because now Inter Milan just plopped another goalkeeper in, and look at what he's doing. I mean, Inter Milan is just lights out so far this season. And and granted, they're only two points up. I just don't see Ju- Juve is going to have a hard time jumping them. I mean, they've they've allowed. Inter Milan, Inter Milan has allowed one less goal, but they've scored 10 more than Juve. And right, right. They, they held them at home. I mean, I mean, you can agree that their midfield and back line is superb. I mean, these guys could be plucked by teams all across Europe and, and they could start anywhere, dude. This, this, well, granted, besides the old guys, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's, it simply shows you just how Onana left. And look how good they're still doing without that goalkeeper. It's, and, and Jan Sommer, you know, he was he was a really good keeper at um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really good. Yeah, he was, uh, Swiss national team. Um, and the Swiss at one time had like three. I think all three of their 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 keepers were playing in the Bundesliga. I think at that time. Yeah, and uh, they yeah they 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 just um, I just love Inter's roster because it's like Mikatarian obviously he left the Bundesliga as did Chanalulu and they both kind of kind of sputtered after leaving Leverkusen and Dortmund respectively but they found a new home with Inter and I think that they've just they've just you know much like, much like Christian Eriksen you know before obviously his his um his 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 heart and his heart injury I mean what do you call that like his heart condition you know yeah. he was doing really well for Inter after he left Spurs and Inter's become sort of the second home for, you know, like, like Lukaku went, you know, after United, he flopped, he came to enter and, and, and did amazing things, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, and, and I don't know, it's like you flourish um, under, under this, you know, whether, whether it was Conte or whether it's um, Izagi, you, you, they, 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 they flourished here. I just like the way their chemistry, I think the three, five, two sets them, sets them well. And Martinez is the best goal scoring threat in all of Italy. He is. Yeah. I I I rate him over Immobile. To be honest with you, I think Martinez is deadlier than Chiro Immobile. Yep. Oh my God! In a heartbeat, dude. Don't get me started on Immobile and Lazio. I take I take Latoro any day. I I loved him at racing racing club in Argentina. Let alone here for Inter Milan. I mean Immobile's. He's the the crap I step on, you know, out ah. in the park, and I I get off my shoe. I mean, the guy scores fifty percent penalties, so I, we're not going to get into Mobley, man. I could I could probably banter him, rub him in the or 
shove him in the mud for about an hour, dude. Mobley, me and him have have some bad blood. But no, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think uh, Inter Milan's that side that you you just you seem to love, man. Unless you're you know some some club fan uh, of a club in Italy, and you just and it's not Inter Milan, and you hate them. Me as someone who's a non-biased guy, I like Inter Milan. They're fun to watch. Great, great side. They were literally 35 minutes away from winning the Champions League final until they uh, let that goal in, and uh, they're just they're they're a good team to love. I don't see anyone catching up to them. I don't see them crashing and burning. Thurum, Latoura are a great pair. Work together good. It's it's good to see, man. I, I it's funny I forget Thurum's there sometimes, and he's a deadly dude. He is. He's he's been a great addition to that team. You know what? You brought up you brought up something that's that that is funny. Didn't Jan play for Bayern Munich for a little bit? Uh, yeah, Jan Sommer was the backup to Neuer. In what Munich, in yeah. the world happened? Didn't Neuer get get hurt in the ski trip, and then Jan Sommer got bought because they needed a goalie, and they picked one of the best goalies in the Bundesliga, and now he's at Inter Milan. I don't know. No, understand. no, no. Well, when, when, no, no, no. So that Sven Ulreich replaced him with the skiing accident, I, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And Sven Ulreich's been there since he left Stuttgart in like 2015. He's just been contending in Bayern's backup. But why, um, why do I, why am I feeling like Summers was there re- really recently? Well, speaking of, speaking, I mean, you have to give credit to because Marcus Turam is also a former Gladbach player. Yeah. Yeah. So you I, can't, you know, not just Jan Sommer, but also, also. Um, oh, look, yes, Marcus So he was at Basel, Basel. If you know, for us Americans, if you, and then he went to Muchen Gladbach, and it says he p- played nineteen matches with Bayern Munich. Why did he just so up and quickly leave like that? That's kind of weird. Then he did. did he not- then. So then, he, then he did replace. Um, yeah, I'm oh, telling you what happened. Bayern Munich did what Bayern Munich does. I know they're coming up. We're talking about Inter. I feel like it's a good transition here. But why? What happened? That's crazy. I'm just thinking about it while you're talking. I remember thinking that in my head. Like, dude, look at Bayern Munich picking up one of the best goalies in this league, and now he's on Inter Milan. Like, that's something that I would love to see why. I mean, was he not cutting it out for Bayern Munich? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, no, I mean he wanted to, you know, he wanted to start somewhere. Ah, oh, yeah, he wasn't start when Neuer came back. So ten four, yeah, 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 it's, absolutely okay. That that makes two hundred and seventy two appearances for Gladbach between fourteen and twenty three. Yeah, and then just and then, go to Bayern Munich, like, uh yeah. So which brings me to Sven Ulreich, who I guess he just started. This ye- this season for um, Manuel Neuer, as he was still recovering from the injury, he, I mean, he was he played for Stuttgart till fifty. Yeah, I was right. Okay, he played Stuttgart till twenty fifteen. Left to be the backup for Manuel Neuer in twenty fifteen. He said yeah. he was satisfied. He was completely content being a backup. Yeah, which leads me to think like you have no ambition. Yeah. Um, that bothers me, but yeah. from 2015 to 2020, Bayern Munich they they loaned him out to Hamburg. 2020 2021, 32 appearances for Hamburg, and then 2021 to present, 
back at Bayern Munich as the backup. Um, he's made 17 appearances in the last two seasons. So some of those have been also in relief of an injured um, Manuel Neuer. Yeah, because they got – yeah, they uh, they got – God, man, that's just – yeah, that – that is kind of crazy. Like who would be so content just to sit on the bench every, like as a competitor, you would think you'd want to want to play, you know, but I mean, is Nora back? Oh, he's okay. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jan didn't want to sit on the bench, which he's, he's too good to be doing that. Anyways, the guy, the guy's good. So that's perfect for Inter Milan. They have world-class goalkeeper too. So, yeah, that's that was just crazy to me. I remember when all that happened, and I'm like, "Damn, typical Bayern Munich, freaking get a goalie hurt, and they just go and say, hey, come on, come and play with us.'" And of course, Jan Summers does it. You know, come to daddy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. This is yeah. We've we've covered it now with them, but I mean, yeah, it's basically yeah. Bayern. He play, he's played eight matches so far this season. All of those were in relief of. Manuel Neuer, and then he played three last season. So, yeah, mostly Jan Sommer last year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great. On their way to crushing BVB's dreams for a title. Yeah. But yeah. he was a Stuttgart phenom. Um, oh. Just to give you a little bit of, of, of um, history on Ulreich, he was – that's why no one could understand why someone that was – on the U16 national team, U19 national team, and U21 national team would settle for being a backup keeper. Yeah. It made no yeah. sense. But, I mean, some people just yeah, are fine maybe. being the backup. Yeah. Yep. Collecting that check, man. Holding sitting on the clipboard. Yep. Anyways, we got much bigger fish to fry. We got we to that, yeah. that, wrap that up. Um, so let's talk about this, man. We had Champions League match day five. Everyone's now played five matches. We have one match left to go nick we're going to start right off in group a which is completely flipped upside down except for Bayern. you have the second place copenhagen with five points galatasaray five points man united dead last where you belong you atrocious pieces of crap four points let's talk about some united nick we don't really get to talk about them that much yeah I so know, right who was it that texted me in the 20th minute and said it's 2-0, matches over, United win? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, from what I saw, I was worried. I, I honestly was. I I forgot I forgot who was in goal, I guess. Right. So what did I tell you, though? What, what did yeah. I tell you? Yeah, you said they blow it, and and they they did in in beautiful fashion. I said, "Oh, ye of little faith, this is United. We're talking about. They're going to choke. Just wait." Yeah, Hakeem, Hakeem with with a brace and an Ziyech, assist. The former Chelsea great, the uh, Champions League legend. Yeah, the former Ajax great, Hakeem Ziyech with the brace does him dirty. Yeah. And um yeah, so United blow a 2-0 lead. They finish 3-3. They blow a th- a 2-0 lead against Copenhagen a couple weeks ago. They finished with a 4-3 loss. Copenhagen now controls their own destiny. Yeah. If they beat Galatasaray, that Copenhagen 
is in the knockout stage, round of 16. If Galatasaray win, they also control their own destiny. They're in the round of 16 knockout stage. United do not control their own destiny. They need to beat Bayern Munich and get help from Copenhagen and Galatasaray to score a draw. A win by either knocks United out of the Champions League. So, Nick, how do you see this group playing out? Bayern United, Copenhagen, Galatasaray. Let's go ahead and predict these matches real quick. Done. It, it, it's finished. I'm going to say Gala, Galatasaray win 3-2. to two. We're going to see a bunch of goals. And then Bayern Munich beat United 3-1. to maybe one. They might get a goal. Maybe penalty. We'll say Bruno penalty. And uh, United's out, man. United's going to be out of Europe. And it's funny. Some pundit, MG we'll call him, he's saying, you know, we have to stay in Europe. We have to get the money. We have to be playing. It's revenue, TV money, jersey sales, all this stuff. Well, guess what, buddy? Your team is probably, most likely, I'm pretty sure of it, going to be sitting at home on Wednesday, on Tuesday, on Thursday. So you know what? You can enjoy all your bubble baths and wine on Thursday nights, my friend, because you won't even make Europa. Yeah, it's over. Okay, so my prediction is going to be, I think I think Bayern uh, will beat United 3-1, to one, and I like yep. Galatasaray to beat Copenhagen 2-1. to one. So I have Bayern advancing with 16 points. I have Galatasaray advancing with 8 points. Copenhagen will go to the Europa League with five points and United will go straight to hell. I mean, straight home with four points. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Yeah, dude, you're talking about. Hey, and I'll say this right now. Anybody listening, anybody listening to United, right? When your club does something good, I will give them recognition. I have the utmost respect for Alex Ferguson and I have the utmost respect for the years that he was there and for the years that they, quote unquote, knocked Liverpool off their perch and everybody else for that matter when the top rivalry in the Premier League was Arsenal and, and United. And I, I can't say enough things good about David Beckham and Roy Keane and Gary Neville and, and all those guys, right? But you've, you are your own worst enemy. You have given me nothing but negative to say about you because most of your fan base says nothing negative about you. So before anybody comes out and says, oh, Liverpool, no, I give City their due. I give everyone their due when they earn it. United are a joke. They've played a tremendously weak schedule thus far. far. Wait till Liverpool plays them in the Prem. City dismantled them. It's like when you play Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal. United will get what's coming to them. They're not even going to come close to a top four finish this year. So I hope you enjoyed your little trip down memory lane in the Champions League while it lasted because it's coming to a swift, Taylor Swift end. Yeah, big time. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Don't prove me wrong. Show me something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 feel free if you're listening. You know, we're on Twitter. You can you can join in on a conversation because uh, you won't. At Beckham Basement. Not yep. the S, not Beckham's, but at Beckham Basement because they won't let me put an apostrophe in there anyways. Yep. So yeah, man, this, this is just, it's, it's what's been coming, man. I mean, when your, your club is run, like it's uh you know, a JV team for Hanahan rec center, then this is what happens. And you're going to be out of European ball. Um, 
just 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 fun to see, man. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's all all you know when 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 Liverpool dropped five on them at Old Trafford, it's like, oh yeah, that was just a one-off result, mate. You know, it's not going to happen again. And then we put seven on you the very next season. Yeah. What are you going to say about that now, huh? Yeah. Nothing. 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 Seven hog is called seven hog for a reason, people. Yeah. Liverpool plays with you like you're a child's toy. Yeah. And it's coming up here soon. We'll we'll get to see another another one here. Uh, I mean, Liverpool does, but so does City, and apparently so does Copenhagen. Yeah. No, everyone does. Everyone gets their, their run. They go there to Copenhagen. They play them. They go up 2-0, and then Copenhagen scores four of the next five goals. This is the Danish side, okay? Yeah. They are. They they have to. They have to qualify. They have to qualify just to get into the final thirty-two. Yeah, and they did. And and, and then look, they beat United's ass. Yeah, and they're probably them or Galatasaray are going to advance to the playoff. If Copenhagen advances to the playoff, it will be massive. I've never. I can't think of a team the size of Copenhagen that I've seen make no. the playoffs. I can't. Not recently, no, no. no. Nope, no. I can't think of it. I'll see them in group stage because they'll make it because of qualification. You know, young boys, Red Star, the Hungarian side I showed you today. Like, you'll see those teams make group stage, but you never. You, you'll see, like, them. I remember a couple of years ago, like, Besiktas, I think, made it to the knockout stage, you know, because they finished second in the group. I mean, you'll see, like, but, but Besiktas is. Yeah, Turkish royalty. Yeah, Turkish royalty compared to to Copenhagen, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, Tur- Yeah, that that I I watch the lower leagues and and whatnot, and I would agree with you there. Bastikas is definitely a notch above Copenhagen, so to see them go in the playoff would be huge. And we're absolutely. talking about Besiktas's main rival, Galatasaray, right now, led by the fabulous, wonderful, marvelous, majestic Amaro Icardi. They. Yeah, there's no way they lose to Copenhagen in this match. So Galatasaray yeah, wins, they're in. It's winning, you're in. Yeah. Yeah, they can't. United can't do any better than third. Nope. Nope, sure can't. But I have a suspicious feeling that Bayern, because it's such a big match against United, are going to take it seriously, aren't yeah. going to do, quote-unquote, play the kids day, and are just going to beat United outright. Yeah, Kane, Kane will start. Dude, I'm telling you, they they played a funny lineup for this 0-0 draw versus Copenhagen, but I feel because it's United and it's the United name, right. Harry Kane will start, everybody will start, and they will put a whooping. 3-1, 4-1 on yeah. United. Harry could go, yeah, let me, start, let me start there, Gaffer, eh? Yeah, he's going to come in and tell the Gaffer yep. to let him start. Yep, very classic. Yep, very classic. Hat trick. He just looks like an like a like an evil Bond villain. I swear to God. No, he does. He he should have a trench coat. He should wear a trench coat. He'll be fired anyways here real soon. I mean, that's a whole other thing. But he'll, he'll be. He won't have a job at <laughs> Bayern. Bayern lose the Bundesliga, but they win the Champions League. What a story! Oh, I'd be so mad. That's All right. Well, anyways, we got to move on. So, yeah. <laughs> Group B. Um. Arsenal, as The Rock would say, layeth the smacketh down on Lons. 6 0. Your favorite club, Nick. Tell me about it. Yeah, I quit. After Havert scored, I, I quit watching. I turned it off. So you quit after 1 0. Bro, it was 5 0 at halftime. 
like that was I I didn't pay it zero attention. When Havertz okay, well, we crapped all over United, okay? Yeah. So isn't it time though you gave Arsenal a little bit of love, maybe give them a little bit of respect here? They're number no, they're, it, they're top of the table in the Premier League right now. They're running away with their group. They're, they're not can we you got we got we gotta be a little unbiased here, okay? Arsenal are doing very well as of this very moment. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And didn't we go through this last year? They were nine points not in, in the first. Champions League. No, they didn't play Champions oh. League last year. Well, this not, is not uh, yes, but you you they that you did throw in that they are in first in the Premier League, so we'll we'll knock that out with the the didn't they do that last year with the eight point lead? They blew that in Champions League. They had a freaking Europa League draw. When they meet someone like Inter Milan or let's say, uh, hell, they could get Bayern Munich. Let let them get Bayern Munich next round. Bayern would win 8-0 aggregate, as we we know. You know that. Um, Arsenal's time up top uh, will be short-lived. That's a promise. Uh, They'll draw someone like Real Madrid or maybe even PSG or Barcelona, and and they'll they'll get beat. Um, maybe we'll we'll see. You know, Declan Rice. This is a Saka's a very good player. I, I really like their setup. I mean, I, I I definitely don't have the Arsenal hate that you do, but I um. I do give credit where credit's due, and I'm looking at 12 points out of five matches, and I'm looking at 30 points right now in the Premier League, which puts them top of the table. So, I mean, they're first and they're first. And I I got to say, man, I really do like what Mikel's doing there. I think I think he is he this is the first competent Arsenal side they've had since the middle of Arsene Wenger's tenure. That's that's yeah. the truth. No, that they, they they are they're doing well. I I can say when they're doing well, but I just know that ending of this story, and I see these Arsenal fans all the time. Like there's guys now who are still calling for Arteta to be out because they say he he isn't the guy to win the big one, even though he had them in first place and he has them in the winning the group in Champions League. There's just fans who don't like how he does things and, and, you know, the whole picking up Havertz and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it's just, this is one of those things, man, where sure they've hurt me in the past. I can let it go and move forward, but I still just know in the back of my mind that this team isn't capable of winning the premier league. I just, I don't, I honestly don't think so. Even last year when they were top eight points, I just knew they were going to blow it, and and they did. It, I mean, in in record fashion. I mean, I think only one other side in the history has bottled an eight or nine point lead uh, at the top that deep in the season. Um, I don't have the stats on hand to. You say yes or no to that in terms of like historically who's bottled the biggest lead, but I will say that yeah. is that was a tremendous lead to bottle and Arsenal did achieve yeah. that. But I also believe, Nick, that Arsenal was probably a, a year ahead of schedule. Or as our friends from across the pond would say, schedule. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that Arsenal will 100% not win the league. 
However, they will have consecutive top four finishes for the first time since Wenger. They're going to make the knockout stage of the Champions League for the first time since Wenger. They're going to finish top of their group, which means their first opponents will be a second-place team from another group. That's true. I... This will be... This is the best Arsenal side we've seen since, like, prime Mesut Ozil. Yeah. I can agree with that. Okay. Absolutely. I just... I. You know, it's just I, – I know how this tape ends. And they do get the second-place side. You're absolutely right. It's just you do have decent teams in those second-place spots. What will probably happen is is Arsenal will probably win that first playoff game. And then uh, – or I, I think it's – it's is it one one and, and done or is it uh, two legs? It's two le- – what? The, the knockout? Yeah. It's two legs, home. right? Yes. Yeah, okay, legs. that's what I thought. Yeah. So – so therefore, the next round will be the round where they get someone like Madrid or Bayern Munich or uh, you know PSG. I'm not even going to say the one team that's in first place because we're going to get to them. But they 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 probably will beat that you know that first side they see, and then that's when they get knocked out, and then that's when uh, they get put back to reality. But they are there is progress. I agree, man. I agree. I'm first to tell you I haven't seen a good Arsenal side in uh, some time, and last season was was a bit of a wake-up for me seeing a good one. And this season they're doing good so far. I'll give them that. Okay, so in this group uh, it's pretty much decided. So it looks like our friends also PSV who had to qualify obviously out of Holland. You know, they don't get the, uh, you know, they don't get the automatic bid there to VZ like that. So PSV qualified the hard way. They're going to get rewarded for their hard work. They got eight points, and they have yeah. a better goal differential than Lons. Obviously, now after they just got hammered by Arsenal today, um, looks like Sevilla is going to get nothing. Uh, so, no Europa League for Sevilla this year. Looks like they're just going to fl- finish fat, flat out in last place. Go back home to Spain, and hopefully, I mean, well, I mean, you're not doing too well there either. So, uh, this That's is kind not- of a, a weird season for Sevilla on all fronts. Uh, yeah, I like uh, Arsenal, PSV. They both advance. Lons goes to Europa League. That's how I look at it in Group B. Yeah, well, I will say, Ricardo Pepe, representing for USA, got the winning goal against Sevilla for PSV. Sevilla's up 2 nothing. Guess who gets a red card? Take a wild guess for Sevilla. Um, Sa- Ramos. Yep, ding, 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 winner. Yeah. Ramos red, get off the pitch. PSV come back in in godly fashion with a American scoring the winning goal at in stoppage time in injury time and three two Sevilla's done their toast and PSV advance. Um. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, I. Wow. Okay. Represent. All right, so ready to move on to Group C? Yeah, man. Decided. It's pretty much done. So Real Madrid, perfect. They win all five matches in Group C. Champions League gods, of course, and Napoli advance. They have seven points. Is there – okay, so I'm looking at this. Is there a chance Braga can pass them if they beat them? Well, I'm looking at it. Um, 
Braga play Napoli outright? So yes, there is. Yeah. That is the match on December the 12th. That is that is closing out the group. Union, Union Berlin play Real Madrid. And what's great about that is Real Madrid will probably play their under eights because they have nothing to play for. And Union Berlin, their one consolation prize in the season will say they beat Real Madrid in the Champions League for their first win ever in Champions League history. That's true. Well, hell, if you if Berlin can beat Real Madrid and then Braga lose, that means they would go to Europa. Wow. Actually, yes, that does. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Oh, wow. my God. I didn't even think about that scenario. They You're absolutely right. They need to Holy. do themselves a favor and get it together in the league before they're in the second tier and they're in obscurity. Okay. So, yes, there is actually – a scenario where Union Berlin could advance with a win over Real Madrid and, and Braga loses to Napoli, they could actually advance to, 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 to the Europa League. Yeah, and Braga would go home. Unreal. It's crazy. It's not a crazy thing. No. Because Real Madrid This, so this group win. is only – Undecided in terms of third and fourth place. I think Napoli beat Braga. They so they'll they'll finish second. They'll go to knockout stage. Real Madrid goes knockout stage. But yeah, I looking at this. Um, if Real Madrid truly does play their C team, and Union Berlin goes out there with, you know, everything they've got. Robin yeah. Gosens, and of course he's going to play. I mean, the goes like that. You know, national team player is going to he's going to play. Score today, as a matter of fact, or scored. Not today, but this week. Yeah, the, the goal against Braga. There, there, there's a chance, man. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not even kidding about this. Oh, I know. No, I just, I just noticed that. I didn't. I can't believe I didn't catch that. But you got to think. What do you do, though? Do you, you, you gotta, you gotta. It's think in Berlin, about- too, mind you. Yeah, it's in Berlin. You so got to think of playing at the Olympic the- Stadium in Berlin. Yeah, man. You gotta. I you just, pack I, that house full against Real Madrid. This is your swan song. You may be going out of Europa, but you're going to go out with a damn fist fight, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's it. It could happen. I just, I just, I, I feel like they need to just let this pass, man. Forget about European ball and just get out of relegation in in the Bundesliga. Well. If you have the chance to play for Europe, you have to play for Europe. And that it, it means more money. So yeah. I still believe that Union yeah. Berlin will save themselves in the second half of the season. I think that they will finish at least 16th or better, God forbid. And yeah, they'll want to play off against the second Bundesliga side or they'll finish 15th and just outright qualify for next. But look, they're not qualifying for Europe next year. So you may as well make the most of it right now. Yeah. No, you that have makes sense. to. Yeah. Because yeah. if you stay in Europa yeah. League, it still means more money than every other club in Germany's getting, except for those Bayern that are still involved in the Champions League. And Leverkusen. Yeah, and Frankfurt. You're right. So, yeah. yeah, that that is true. And then it's funny. They get a spot in the Europa League playoff. So it's kind of like, bro, you go on a little mini run, and Union Berlin could actually be, you know, in a quarter or a semi. That's correct, then, yeah. 
They they're in the they're in they're in the final thirty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're automatically when you when you get third, you're automatically thrown into the Europa League playoff. You know, so yeah, there's a shot. You know, okay. You're, so you're right. group group D, Nick, nothing to discuss here. Sociedad yeah. and Inter both draw. Inter goes down three nil on a fuck, on a hat trick by Joao Mario, who their former player, and then Benfica gives up a three nil lead and lets Inter draw. So, yeah. Inter has a chance to win the group next. Well, actually, they both do. I think because um, they play. Yes, Real Sociedad. Yeah, they play each other. Inter for the yeah. group. So the winner of that match wins the group. The loser finishes second. The group is decided. So the only thing left to decide is who wins, who finishes second, and Benfica. Can Benfica? So they would if they beat Salzburg, they finish level on points with Salzburg. But I the the goal differential is out of whack. Well, because so this year they're doing the head to head results. Head to head, right? Yeah. So I think uh, they lost. Benfica lost to uh, what you call it to Salzburg, Salzburg two to nothing. So it, I guess if they beat them to make it one one head to head, then it goes to probably goal differential. And I think Salzburg has them on that. Yeah, so probably Salzburg goes to Europa League. Benfica yep. goes home, which is a very disappointing performance for Benfica. But yeah, Group yeah. E pretty much decided. Yeah, um, Group E's also decided. So somehow, by the grace of God and by Chiro Immobile's foot, Lazio will finish in second. Yep. They will actually advance. God, I just can't believe this crap. I mean, Lazio, who are just middling away in Serie A are going to advance to the knockout stage of the Champions League. Atletico is going to win the group, and Feyenoord's already in third. Celtic are out. They clinched their 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 uh, out with the loss this past week. They have a negative eleven goal differential. They have one draw, four losses. Pathetic performance by the Scots. Yep. Um, so Feyenoord, yeah, they're going to Europa League. Group F. This is the one, Nick. Oh God, this is the one. Yeah. Just, so. Uh, Thorn in my side. So Dortmund has 10 points. They've won three straight after starting the group off with a loss and a draw. They have beaten Newcastle twice in Milan. And they face basically winner take all against PSG in the final match. Yeah, in so Germany. At the very least, Dortmund have booked their trip to the semi uh, to the uh, semifinal than their dreams uh, to yeah. the knockout stage. And everything else, Nick, is still up for grabs. Yeah. If Dortmund yeah. beat PSG and there's a winner between Newcastle and Milan, PSG will go to the Europa League and the winner of Newcastle and Milan will go to the knockout stage. Yeah. Likewise, if there's a draw between Newcastle and Milan, Milan will not go to the knockout stage. They will go home. Newcastle will go to the Europa League. And PSG will go to the knockout stage. There's so many different scenarios in this group, Nick. And the fact that BVB are sitting on top of this group may be the most astounding thing. Yeah. we. I mean, we both have been saying it. Literally the thorn in my side, dude. I can't described to you it's it's like it's like putting a circle peg through a square hole man this makes absolutely no sense 
for whatever reason, Dortmund has just absolutely played lights out in these Champions League, these last three matches, and has literally – I don't care what anyone tells me, man. They have shocked people because no one saw BVB being in first place in Group F of the Champions League. You know, it it, it makes me want to go back and listen to our predictions when I was sitting at your place and we recorded. What in the world? There's no way we had BVB in first. I mean – it's it's the mystery of the universe, the Bermuda Triangle. How is this happening? I, I had mean, them. La- I had them last. Yeah, so did I. If I'm not mistaken, that was the group. This was the group of death. Absolutely. And look at who's on top. I mean, it's mind blowing, dude. I mean, if PSG lose to B- to Dortmund, I don't care. It's in Germany. If they lose to Dortmund, I I give up. I give up. This. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating because like BVB are a side that can't beat Mines in the Bundesliga and nope. struggle against you know someone like Freiburg, yeah, or lose to Augsburg, yeah. But they're 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 winning. They're beating AC Milan and Newcastle back to back, and it, it's yeah, it's mind blowing. Like Eddie Howe should be ashamed of himself, dude, big time. And and you know they. I, this Croatian manager, man, is just is doing it for for Dortmund, man. I don't. Oh, Terzic, yeah. Terzic, he's only forty one. I mean, I I just it, it's the thing that I just will never be able to understand, man. I mean, us even talking about it as it's going on, it's I'm, I'm almost speechless. What they did to Newcastle, a Premier League side, and then beating Milan, how easily they did. I mean, sure, Oliver missed a penalty in the freaking sixth minute. It would have been 1-1. Marco made it, scored BVB's first goal. But still, man, they, they've they been playing lights out in this Champions League, and it, and it really is baffling. I mean, you have to admit, the one thing from Champions League that's been most shocking for me is probably BVB. And, and I don't want to say United shocking because we both knew they were crap. So... It has to be Dortmund winning this this group as the shocker of the Champions League. Their, their last four result, their last, sorry, their last five results in the league are just going back to October 29th, three three against Frankfurt. They win one nil against Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim got a red card. They lose four nil to Bayern. They lose two one to, to Stuttgart, and they won four to two over Gladbach after falling behind two nil. So they came back, but. Look at those results, right? Yeah. None of those teams are Newcastle or or Milan. None. Zero. Or, well, yeah. So, so, yeah. Sorry, I I apologize. The teams that they, shoes, uh, Bayern absolutely is, but like Stuttgart, new kid on the block. You just recently got here. Frankfurt, Conference League, decent, but you shouldn't be shouldn't be you know like yeah three three against Dortmund. Um, Gladbach struggling this year. Hoffenheim, yeah, but yeah, I mean, shocker, man. Newcastle Just, should have at least won the match at home over them. Yeah, absolutely. That was the one I was most upset about. I just it didn't make sense. And then, not to mention, Newcastle then goes and beat basically beats PSG, and then the referee gives a penalty with no time left, so PSG can draw. So it just makes no sense. How can Newcastle play PSG so well in Paris 
and then you got Dortmund beating them in England. Like, come on, dude. It just – it makes absolutely no sense, and there's no there's no rational reasoning behind it right. whatsoever. So the last two groups, and this is group uh, G. Everything is all spoken for here. All the wives yeah. have been married off. There's no more. There's nothing else to go around. Nope. City and Leipzig are going to the knockout stage. No surprise here. This was one of the easier groups. Yeah. Young boys and Shervina Zezda, also known as Red Star, yeah. are going home. Young boys look like they're going to be going to the Europa League, and um, they will continue their European journey. But it's not, no surprise here. We both said it would be City and Leipzig 1 and 2. That's exactly yeah. how it's been. Um yeah, we both knew they were going to both advance. So any anything you need to say about this group? No, man. I mean, the last game, Red Star needs to beat, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's City and they in, Ser- in Serbia to get Europa, but no one cares about that. So, yeah, it's over with, dude. This is done. Well, you know, I will say Leipzig did have a 2-0 lead over City that they should have probably held on to. Yeah. So yeah. that one – well, the, I will say the changes were made at halftime. Well, a little bit after halftime, you had Jeremy Doku and Alvarez come on the pitch. Within three minutes, City scored. The fast, the quickness, the pace, too much for them, for Leipzig, and uh, City responded. Um, Pep is is just doing what, what he does, man. Made the perfect substitutions, and City ran off with the game. Those two subs changed. I watched the game. Those two subs within seconds, it, the game changed. Literally, it was ridiculous. And within minutes, literally a few minutes, the, the city scored, and and that was lights out. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, you should. Um, you, you, I mean, I know it's city, but you still have to. You still you have to maintain that lead. I mean, come on. You know, I know that yeah. no, neither one of them really playing for anything. Um, well, I guess, yeah, I guess Leipzig could have, had they won, they'd be level on points with them. Could have, But it, it, you're in the knockout stage, so just go ahead. But here, um, Group H. So, God, there's a lot that can happen here, Nick. Um, so Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar, and, and Antwerp. Antwerp's done. They have zero points. They've lost every single match of the Champions League. They are the only club in the entire Champions League with zero points, okay? Um, they scored three goals in five games. We don't need to talk about them. But Shakhtar gets the win, gets them level on points with Porto. Barcelona has 12. So looking at it, right, Barcelona is going to be playing – where are we at here? They should be playing Antwerp. Antwerp. Yeah, they're playing Belgium. Antwerp. Yep, yep. So you have so that's a guaranteed win for Barcelona. They're going to finish with 15 points. So the only thing up for grabs is second place and a knockout stage trip for either Porto or Shakhtar Donetsk, which would be just the amazing story of the year that this Ukrainian side would be able to get into the Champions League knockout stage. So Nick, kind of setting the table for this one. Um, so Porto is playing Shakhtar and in Porto. Yes. 
Estadio do Drago. So, yeah, let's walk through this one. Um, Shakhtar's won three of the last four, and they fought their way back into this. Porto's coming off the loss to Barca. No shock there. Which, uh, yeah, but I will say I watched uh, I had City on my phone and I had Barcelona on the bar TV. And Porto had their chances, man. I have to say that I I think I they, they could have won that game versus Barcelona, man. I really do believe that. And they had their chances. So did Barcelona. Don't get me wrong. But the 2-1... Yes, Barcelona won, but I will say Porto made a valiant effort. And I'll say that to say going into the Shakhtar match, it's going to be closer than the odd state. Porto being like a goal favorite, minus 200, meaning whatever you put up, you win half back. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one, man. This is going to be closer than what the books think. And uh, we might have us a freaking instant classic, we'll say, on our hands. Do you have a do you have a do you have a Predict- uh, predicted winner in this one? I mean, gosh, dude, this is so hard. Um, I don't know. What does a draw do? Does a draw does that mean Porto's through on Yeah, Porto uh, Porto wins, they have a better goal differential. You know what? I'm gonna say Wait a this, minute. You said you said it was the head to head, right? It's head to head, so let's see if Porto beat them in their last. Um, I I'm think looking at that right lost. now. Um No, Porto won three to one. Okay, so so, so so Shakhtar needs to win. Yes, Shakhtar has to win to go to Champions League. I'm going to say it's going to end in a draw. I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. Tarimi gets a goal, and then uh, there's a youngster Shakhtar has that I really like. And uh, he's 19 from Venezuela. I watched him at Mineros. It's a team in Venezuela. And he is 19, and he will get the drawing goal 1-1 and Porto advance. Okay, His like name's Porto. Kelsey. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so I like Shakhtar uh, as sympathetic favorites, right? Because they don't yeah. have a country. They don't I have a love stadium. They don't have a home. Yeah. You know, I, I'm rooting for them. But, yeah, I mean, if I I'm, – I'm having to pick a winner – uh, then I have to go with Porto. You know, I think it's going to be a two-one win. I think it's going to be hard-fought, gritty, and I think it's yeah. going to come down to the very end. But yeah, I think Porto probably gets the job done, and they advance to the knockout stage where they've been so many times before, and they probably match up with somebody that will annihilate them in the in, in the knockout stage. Yeah, I mean, we got to say though, man, valiant effort from Shakhtar. They did. Uh, they beat Barcelona, you know. I mean, you got in in Hamburg, of all places. So you got to say, man, they they they've done very well this Champions League. You got to hold your head up high. Hell, they don't like you said they don't have a home. So good job, Shakhtar. Thanks for coming, but uh, you got to beat Porto in Portugal, and uh, good luck with that. Yeah, that's 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 a tall task to ask for a club that doesn't have a home and and. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's going through a lot right now. But yeah, yeah. The sentimental favorites for sure. Uh, I do predict, though, I think that it's going to be like Porto. you said, Porto to to yeah. to win win this thing, and I think Shakhtar is going to go. But you know, at the very least, their Euro- European journey will continue. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to take a quick beer break, and All I will right. be right back. One second, got to got to wet, wet the whistle here. All right. 
Got that hop slam. Yeah. Ready to go. Finish this bad boy up. Yes, sir. All right, Nick. So looking ahead this weekend, you know, we don't have a lot on the menu this weekend, but there are a few big matches. And so I'm going to go ahead and take a crap in your cereal. Or I'm not going to. Dortmund is. Yeah. Um, so we've been looking at this match, right? This is match day 13. We're almost to the middle point of the Bundesliga season. And Leverkusen has been damn near perfect. They have a draw with the only team that they have a right to have a draw with, that being Bayern. Yeah. They are right there. They are the what the Germans call Kepsmeister, right? Which means the fall champions. But you don't get a jack squat for winning the fall championship, Nick. You know what you get? You get a nice fruit basket. And that's about it. Well, in Germany, you get a nice sauerkraut basket. Yeah. But anyways, the point I'm trying to make is Dortmund, ha- Dortmund, who we have – so we, we, we predict them to win, they lose. We predict them to draw, they win. We predict them to win, they draw or lose. Yeah. So the match is in Leverkusen. It's at the Bay Arena. And if this was a return fixture, I'd be really worried. But – the one big match in Germany, I mean, you know, you, people, you, you, Frankfurt and Augsburg, whatever, Mainz, Freiburg, whatever, Gladbach and Hoffenheim, whatever, Leipzig and Heidenheim, whatever. What a doozy of a match to kick us off tomorrow. Darmstadt and Cologne, wow. I yeah. mean, Bayern and Union, which would have been great last year. Stuttgart and Berger, which could be a little entertaining, but I think, like, I Stuttgart to win that one. And uh, Wolfsburg and Bochum. So there's a lot of... Top clubs playing bottom feeders. Yeah. But the one match that's interesting here is Leverkusen and Dortmund. And Nick, I got to say, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. No, I, um, I'm with you. Because Dortmund, at the, like, when they least, when you least expect them to do something, they end up biting you in the ass. Yeah. So, no. my question, like, let's look at this match, right? So, we don't need to talk about – we just talked about Dortmund's uh, form in the Bundesliga. They're, they're basically kind of – what is it? Two wins, two draws, and a loss – or sorry, two, yeah. yeah, two wins, two losses, and a draw, I think, in there. Yeah. Well, Leverkusen's got five wins. They Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, so, Dor- yeah, Dortmund has two wins, a draw, and two losses. Uh, Leverkusen's taken – I mean, yeah, five wins in a row. Bayern, Bayern if they weren't perfect – would have already fallen behind Leverkusen, but they've been perfect every step of the way. They themselves are still undefeated. So Leverkusen and Bayern are still undefeated. The only difference between the two of them is that Leverkusen have one draw and Bayern has two. Yeah. I have a bad feeling about this match, Nick, but I need, I want you who has given up on BVB to convince me that I don't need to feel bad about this. Because I have a bad feeling about it. No, I I, I kind of share the same feeling, man. I, Leverkusen's playing so well, though. You know, I, I have to say they just beat Hacken or Hawken, however you want to pronounce yeah. it for us Americans here. They just beat them two nothing in Sweden. They didn't start. Wer, uh, uh, what Wurtz was out. Uh, Arthur out. Uh, some guys out. You know, they they didn't play Shaka. Schlick came off the bench, you know, uh, a lot of guys who are very important for uh, Leverkusen took some time out. Placios sat out, came in late, 
very uh, important midfielder here. Um, so, you know, BVB was going all out for Champions League. They did. They fought hard. Leverkusen had an easier day. I I understand where the worry comes from, but I just feel that Leverkusen are going to line up and play their hearts out and going to give BVB their all. And we will see the true colors of Borussia Dortmund in this match. I I know every time we take whatever, they do the opposite, but I don't care if they're playing on the moon right now. Xavi Alonso has this team playing lights out, and he is going to outsmart the Croatian, and uh, we're going to have ourselves a Leverkusen party. We're going to have some... Well, uh, they, they've dominated in the Europa League. They've won all five matches. They have a 14 yeah. goals for, two against, 12 plus, plus 12 goal differential, 15 out of 15 points. Uh, Boniface scores again today. Patrick Schick scores the Czech ma- uh, maestro. Um, if you look at the lineup, I mean, this is, yeah, so there was a lot of players resting today. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at BVB, they had to play everyone in order to get this dub. So you got to think, you got to give Leverkusen the edge no matter their plan in Borussia. I don't think it. I just I think you got to give the nod to to Zabi, you know. Well, if you look at so look at the you know their traditional lineup is you're going to have um, you know Grimaldo in midfield, Palacios in midfield, Granit Xhaka, Frimpong, Jonas Hofmann, Florian Vietz, and then Victor Boniface. That is a, that is a very <laughs> formidable uh lineup and then of course you have Lucas Hradecki one of the one of the premier keepers in the Bundesliga. Yeah. They play in the 3-4-2-1. That's what um Xavi Alonso has them playing. Boniface can score goals, Virts can score goals, Hoffman can score goals, Frimpong can score goals, Grimaldo can score goals. So you know the the question is is this a banana peel? Like, this is a match. Like, see, the Leverkusen of old that I'm used to, they slip on the banana peel of, like, an Ingolstadt, right? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure a lot of you do, but if you don't, they were, you know, they're a third-tier side that used to be in the first tier, and they actually stayed up for a season. Yeah. Um, and they were – they that, that was one side that caused Dortmund of all – teams a lot of trouble when they were up in the, the first tier. But this Leverkusen doesn't seem to have that problem. You know, they took they wiped Werder Bremen off the map 3-0 easy. Yeah. Um 2-0 lead at halftime, added one on for good measure in the 76 with Grimaldo. So my point is this the you know like um this should be a match that you get up for. It's at home in front of your home fan base. This is massive. Like this is even though Leipzig is the second best team in Germany in terms of like what they've done the last five years. So Dortmund's obviously, I, I, I consider Leipzig the clear-cut number two now to Bayern. Um, Dortmund is still the number, the, the second in terms of like size, stature, um, championships, prestige, that kind of thing, right? So yeah. this is a big match for Leverkusen it is must win you know Bayern are taking three points from Union Berlin so you have to keep winning yeah um yeah Leverkusen will know the result of Bayern because they play 9 30 in the morning on Saturday and Leverkusen and Dortmund play the final match 
Yeah, there's the late. Not the late match. Sorry, the first of the two. The the middle of the. God. The middle of the three matches on Sunday. Gotcha. So. But here's the. So. I'm going to go ahead and. You know, because Dortmund's lineup scares me because. What I'm seeing from them is it seems like with the exception of Bayern, who are their daddies, I mean, Bayern Munich will spank Dortmund's ass when they get out of line. That is just a known fact. But with Newcastle, with Milan, with some of the other clubs, like when they played Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim was, you know, they're not, they're more of a contender than they are a pretender. Um, Dortmund seemed to be getting up for the big matches this season. And their lineup is very dangerous in attack. I think their defense is susceptible. I don't really like their back four at all. Um, I mean, Mats Hummels is basically like 56 years old if you're talking in football terms, right? For real, yeah. And he obviously, I mean, his legs are, have been gone for years, much less... You know, whatever, but I mean, I'm looking at their lineup. You know, they have uh, Ben Zabani, Schlotterbeck, Hummels, and Ryerson in their back. Four. I mean, I and then Koble is their keeper. I like, but I like, I like Sean Sabitzer in midfield, Bino Gittens, Bront Royce, and then Phil Krug up front, who's actually turned out to be a pretty decent signing uh, from Bremen this season. Um, yeah. So does that lineup? Does it does it does this intimidate you at all, or or, or am I am I just over, am I overthinking this? I don't I don't. I mean, I guess with how BVB's been doing us in Champions League, you got to just be a little concerned. But you out of everyone know how BVB react to big matches. They flounder. You're if I I feel like if I were saying this to you, you would say Nick. This is Borussia Dortmund. Do you remember the Mines match? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I just, I can't, I can't put faith into BVB. Like, I I gave them the chance last year, and they literally sat a $120 million player on the bench when they needed to win. So, you know, I feel like the lineup doesn't scare me. Leverkusen has the more deadlier lineup. I feel that Zabi has the more more smarts. The the setup is better. I don't care that they're in Borussia. I don't care they could be playing on the moon. It doesn't matter. I just think that Leverkusen has the edge here, and BVB are going to do what BVB do best, and and somehow they're going to screw this up. They're going to miss a penalty. They're going to give up a penalty in the last second. They're going to do something stupid. And it's going to cost them this match. And we, like you said, this is the match that's going to tell us the season. Do we get the Leverkusen win to where they can secure their second first spot with Bayern Munich? Or does BVB win and then uh, Bayern Munich can go ahead and pass them? So I don't, I'm not, I'm not too worried. Uh, BVB is, I feel, going to do what they're going to do in Champions League and this season domestically they're just yeah they're doing okay but Zabi he's just gonna have these guys ready man he's not he's not taking anything less than these three points all right so um 
Can we get an official prediction from you then? I'm going to so I'm, I'm going to say I'm go ahead. Okay. You I'm going to say it's going to go 2-2. Two, two. It's going to be a draw and with that Bayern and Leverkusen will be level on points which by goal differential gives the top spot to Bayern. Uh I think goals for Dortmund will be uh Giovanni Reina and Daniel Malen. And I think that Boniface and Wirtz both score for Leverkusen. So that's going to be it. I think it's going to be 2-2. I think that Leverkusen is going to suffer their second draw. God, I hope not. I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 Leverkusen. I'm going to say it's going to be a scoreless first half. Everybody's going to panic because the whole world's going to take over in this match. And I'm going to say that BVB score coming out the half, it'll be – it'll probably be their – uh, I'm gonna say. Hold on, a, what, what's his name? He came from. Um, he had his chance at a another big club. Hold on, give me a second. I'm gonna say that not Edimini, but oh, Malin, Danielle, Danielle's gonna go ahead and score the goal out of the half. And then, yeah, PSV. He was at Arsenal, and then the Arsenal got rid of him, the PSV. That's right. So I'm going to say Malin scores coming out the half, and then I'm going to go with a brace from um, from Boniface. And uh, Bayern Munich – or not Bayern Munich. Bayern Leverkusen get the win. And it's going to be a last-second goal in injury time, and BVB is going to blow it like they blow everything, including their father. Yeah. Oh, what a burn right there. Ouch. Um, well, I hope you're right, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I think you admitted the other day that you have your suspicions that I could be right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so either way, my worst-case scenario is that at least Leverkusen would be level on points with Bayern. Yeah. But in your scenario, they still stay two points ahead, so I'm I'm hoping yeah. for the – the latter, not the former, but um, let's, real quick. Let, let's, let's go Union Berlin. Let's get a win. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Somebody beat Bayern Munich. Somebody. Yeah, I mean, if, if it weren't in, in, in Munich, I would maybe give you some snowball's chance of hell of that happening. But, I mean, yeah. this, this is at the this is at the Allianz Arena. I mean, that's just not, not going to happen, man. I mean, It's just so crazy. Like, can we just get some help here? Can someone in the Bundesliga just beat Dad for a change? Here's can the we, thing, too. Please. Even if it's nil-nil at halftime, you know based on the Darmstadt match what Byron can do to you. Oh, God, yeah. I, I'll never forget that till I die. So zero you, zero and a half, that, six nothing five. Right. That's my point is you can have Bayern go go scoreless with Union in the first half, and then Harry Kane will score a hat trick in the first ten minutes of the second half. Yeah. And it's yeah, over. deadly. Yeah. So sorry to tell you, but Union's not gonna help you in your quest for God man. For Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it just be nice, though, if one podcast we had, we could talk about how Bayern Munich lost two, you know, two or three domestic league games in a row? Oh, my God. Leverkusen leading the league by nine points. Could you sure. imagine? Sure. Oh. Um, well, let me so, I'm dreaming. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I mean, that's pretty much it. We, I mean, like, nothing really 
I mean, going to change. This is the match. This is the match in Germany. This, yeah, this weekend this is really it. the only thing. But uh, so Italy, very similar. Uh, yeah. We have a top four matchup between old rivals from the north and old rivals from the south. Inter and Napoli play, and it's at the stadium Diego Maradona in Naples. So actually, Diego Armando Maradona. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, this has. Banana peel written all over it for Inter. Big time. But Typically don't play well in Napoli or in Naples, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if there was ever a time. So Inter's favored, but it's very close. So 39% favored Inter to win, 34% Napoli, and 27% draw. I don't see this ending any other way but a draw. I think it's going to – I think this is going to be a 1-1 draw. Um, you know, Napoli – play well at home they 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 like i said they defend like a fortress down there and you know i i mean the the way i look at it is that this a, a draw for enter here is not the end of the world yeah i agree uh napoli's last five at home are three losses and two draws and I want to say the last home game they lost to Empoli in the infamous one nothing that we spoke about where uh, Napoli was a goal-and-a-half favorite and they lost. Uh, do they turn it around? I don't think they win, but I do see a draw possible. I will. I, I honestly think Inter Milan can win this game. I they think they're can. The yeah, they can. I just I, – yeah, I, they can win it. Yeah, it, do they is another question. So I I do feel like a draw is probably your strongest bet here. Uh Definitely some some good value. It's such a close call. Vegas can't decide who wins this game. I mean, Jesus, you can almost get the same if you bet on one side or the other. But I want to see Inter Milan take this because I feel that uh, you know Juventus is going to win their match. So you're going to want to keep it keep it kind of close. Uh, so yeah, man, I like your draw. Um, it's going to be something like one one. You know, it'll be a hard fought. Napoli can defend. They, like you said, like a fortress, especially at home. So draws most likely. I would love Inter to just smash them, though. Oh, I'd love it. Uh, so my goals, I got uh, Raspadori scoring for Napoli, and I've got, obviously, Lataro Martinez scoring for Inter. So I think it's going to end in a 1-1 draw. And with that, Inter drops two points. Juventus beat Monza, and then we are level – in Italy as well. You enter would still stay on top though, based on goal differential over Juve, but it, it, things could get very, very tight at the, at the top there. Yeah. And the last thing we go to the premier league where we have a yeah. couple of big matches this weekend. Um, yeah. all right, let's talk, let's start off first. Okay. Um, I want to review last week. Let's talk about Newcastle four to one over Chelsea. Do you want to go here? Or do I want to go? What, what do we want to do here? Cause you know, you, you it's, I, I'm not going to take it easy on the Blues. And no, that you was, never. I, I, I watched that entire match, and that was a that was a pitiful display of football from Chelsea. Yeah, no, except for the free kick from Sterling, which was really nice. Yeah, that Sterling goal was was absolutely beautiful. But other than that, they were. You want to tell the people that you were talking smack about him right as he hit it? I was. Yeah, isn't that funny? Oh my God! That with the timing of that, I was laughing. Yeah, we were yep. making fun of a making fun of Sterling, and then sure enough, 
Chelsea goal and you're like, yeah, he just scored. <laughs> it's a, a classic uh, individual effort to that free kick goal was, was a marvel. But other than that, dude, Chelsea was absolute dog crap. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, my key, I, I got a gift. I mean, my keychain I have right here is actually a Chelsea keychain, you know, like it was a gift. Someone got it for me from London. Do I hate Chelsea? No. Do I want them to do well? Of course. I have good friend Walker. If you're hearing this, you know, I, I wish you the best, but holy cow, this was just terrible. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta really take a look at what they spend and where they're at in the table because something just isn't right. And when we talked about it, you brought up, you can't spend 200 million or two, a billion and be in 10th or 12th place by, you know, by mid season. And I agree with that. I do. Um, my Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea are Chelsea are four points off of ninth place and six points off of eighth place. Yeah. And to get into Europe, which is where Spurs are, so that would be the Europa League spot, they are 10 points off. Yeah. So, yeah, they've lost two of their last four. They've only won one of those last four. So, I mean, I'm sorry. For the spending and the investment in Potch and all this stuff and, like, what are we doing here? Like, I mean, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum offline. We give United a hard time. It's high time that we gave Chelsea the same exact treatment. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, they, they have been absolutely terrible. I, I guess it's just because maybe United's up a little bit more in the table and in Champions League, we kind of focus on them more and Chelsea's just quietly crap. But they have been... Yeah, one of the mo- biggest disappointments. I mean, we had an episode where we talked about how much longer till I give, you know, Chelsea time before I call the season a, a, a bust. And I mean, the times now, I mean, I don't know, you would have to literally win a lot and almost day every match week to get back on track here. And, you know, that ain't that just isn't going to happen. Do you get rid of Potch? It was the question. And what I'm hearing from supporters that I talk to is you got to give the guy time. Arteta didn't come in and just immediately start winning. So why should Potch? You know, that's that that's what I'm getting. So, you know, people are saying he's going to be fired by Christmas. Some are saying he's going to get one more season. This is just something you got to let play out. Uh, I don't know if the American has the patience to wait. But like I agree, you got to give this guy at least another season. You you can't, and that's the thing is, and I agree. So you can't, you can't invest in this manager and have him take over someone else's side, and then give him one window and expect all these changes to take place in one transfer window, and then in one half of one season. You know, Pochettino, he built something really special at Tottenham. And it's not going to be an overnight change at Chelsea. Chelsea's had systematic problems now for the last couple of seasons. You know, they 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 finished um, outside of Europe last season, obviously. And they're well on their way to doing that again this season. They, they have 
they have some talent on the team. And, you know, there's some players like Nick Jackson, Raheem Sterling, you know, that I, obviously Nkunku getting injured really hurt. And I don't think Casado's really taken shape yet. But they invested 115 million quid in this guy, right? Yeah. So you got to give it a little bit of time. And I mean, I think it would be absolutely disastrous for them to sack Pochettino this season. If he yeah. goes, if he goes into next season and now he has a January window and then another summer window, so that's three windows. And if he goes into next season and drops, you know, loses three of the first five matches. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and give him the sack, whatever. But like yeah. this season should be sort of a mulligan. Yeah. Rebuild. Yeah. Take your time. Let's try to finish seventh, eighth, you know, the finishing fifth, sixth would be amazing, but you know, finishing that top half and, and, and work towards next season. But this American man, I'm telling you, he doesn't give, you know, us Americans a good name, dude. He's, he's quick to fire. I mean, Lord Jesus, the Brighton, poor Brighton manager had what, how long did he last? Oh, Four Graham or five Potter? Months. Yeah, Graham Potter was gone in the blink of an eye, dude. He was just gone. And they fired Tuchel to get the guy who, and Tuchel won them, uh, the Champions League, you know, so yeah, you got to give Poch one more season, and and you know, I do bash Chelsea off off the pod, and and uh, I can't do it on the win that Champions League though. I think under Russian ownership, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, no, it was Abramovich. Yeah, it yeah. definitely was Russian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the American didn't taste Champions League glory, and he probably never will. Sadly, yeah, uh, but. You got to give them one more season. I agree with you. I feel like next season, if it's the same story and it's almost Christmas, he's gone. You you got to – Do you see something what, – what is it specifically that you see wrong with Chelsea? I mean, obviously they're lacking – they don't really have a true number nine. That was obviously yep. the signing of Nkunku was supposed to solve that problem. But now Nick Jackson's been thrust in there as, as, as someone to, to try and score goals and – you know, he's had some matches where he's looked good, but he's also had a lot of matches where he struggled. So are you seeing yeah. something that, that catches your eye that shows you some it's, kind of systematic issue within Chelsea, or do you think it's just a, just bad luck and bad play? I just, I just, I think it's the gelling, man. You got to give these guys some time to play together. No one, you know, no one but the dream team got assembled in the snap of a finger and then hit the, hit the court and, you know, beat everybody by 80. I mean, it takes time for these teams to develop. It takes time for chemistry to happen. Jackson is just literally came from Villarreal B. I remember watching him in La Liga 2 and then going to Villarreal for one season in La Liga, and then he's getting thrusted into England. you got to give him time also. And Koku is a winger. He needs to be played in his position. He needs to not be thrusted into that that nine, I mean, I hear people all the time saying when Nkoku comes back, it's not going to solve the problems because he's going to be playing out of position anyways. So this to me just sounds like they need some freaking time. They need to just make sure they don't get bashed every freaking week and they need to have respectable uh, score lines and just move towards that next season. Get your chemistry right. Enzo's a good player. Caicedo was a little had some injury issues, but he's still fine. 
you know, get Lavia back in, get him worked into that system and, and get it going, man. It's, it's going to take some time though. This isn't, this isn't an overnight fix like the American wants it to be. Right. Well, they, um, yeah, they got hammered by Newcastle to say the least. And yeah, yeah it was terrible. Let's go ahead and um, look at what, you know, so, so right now, you know, Chelsea's got Brighton coming up this week. So this is, this is uh, a team that, so they're in eighth place, six points ahead of Chelsea. This big match. It's uh, it's coming to you live from Stanford Bridge. Chelsea, 56% win, 22% for Brighton win, 22% draw. Um, I would feel rather uncomfortable with this match, Nick. I don't know how you feel about so it. Would I. No, I, I would too. Brighton played decent, played well today, beat AEK to solidify them advancing. And uh, I think this has to be probably the first time in maybe their history that they've you know, going to be in a playoff in a European competition. I don't know about you, but Brighton, I mean, Jesus, I don't ever remember them. I remember them in championship. You know, I don't remember them being top tier ever. So, yeah, man, I, I think Brighton are going to come out smelling blood. They're, they're like you said, they're in eighth place. They need a win, man. Yeah. They they need to win, and I feel they can get it versus Chelsea side. Any predictions on this one, then? Gosh, I got to I, – I can't – I, I think it's going to be a goal. This is going to have a lot of goals, man. If City really? and Chelsea go, I think so. I think it's going to be wide open. You know how Brighton can play sometimes. Like, sure, they haven't been scoring a lot recently, but I honestly see some goals. Chelsea's been so bad with Sanchez, and and you can attest to this because we talked about him. Freaking, what's his name? Their center back needs to needs to just take his geriatric medicine and get back to Brazil because. Silva has been playing terrible. Thiago? Yeah. Well, I mean, Brighton, so you look at their form, right? So I I go back to beginning of October. They drew 2-2 with Liverpool. City, they lost to 2-1. Then they beat Ajax 2-0. They drew with Fulham, drew with Everton, beat Ajax again 2-0. Drew with Sheffield, beat Forest. So... I mean, and then they beat uh, AEK today. Yeah, um, I, I think Brighton's going to win this one at the Bridge two to one. Is is what I'm predicting. Yeah, I, I I'm going to go with the two two draw just because uh, Chelsea. If they lose at the Bridge, I'm going to have so much content to watch. Not not to say that's the reason why they'll draw, but it, it it's going to be tragic if they lose. I do think Brighton can win, but I'm going to go with the two two draw here. Uh, we get ourselves a banger, four goal, four goal banger, as we call it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have also. Um, I just think there's, I just think there's enough. I think that I think Brighton have more scoring talent than Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea do, and I mean, you know, you got, you got like Divock Origi coming off the bench. You know, yeah, no, Nico Williams, another former Liverpool player. Yeah, Nico, um, that's right. And then, you know, obviously Ferguson up front, Lalana's in midfield. I, I don't know. I, Pascal Gross, who I, I have a lot of respect for. I um Yeah, I just I I'm 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 just I'm I'm weary about this, uh, you know, from from the point of like I 
I think it would be devastating if Chelsea lose this. Or excuse me, I said I, I read you the wrong thing off. That was Nottingham Forest. Sorry, my bad. Um, one guy, Joao Pedro, is uh, yes. is is one of the guys. Yeah. So I was looking at the wrong damn lineup here. Sorry. No, you're right. Uh, Joao Pedro scored. You know, um, he scores some goals. Uh, he scored last time out against Forest um, when they played. But I also yeah. like the fact, you know, they they play this four two three one. Very exciting. I think it suits their suits their players very well. Um, they have the one center forward up front, and yeah, I mean, I I I just like I like Brighton's determination and their heart and hustle, and and I think that they just I think they're going to want it more than Chelsea. I think they're going to fight it more, and they don't they they have proven. With a three 0 win at United, they will take the fight to you on your home turf. They don't care where they're playing. Yeah, no that that's definitely a fact. Their their manager uh, is a good one, man, and and he it's going to be crazy to see if he stays there much longer too. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a goal, th- uh, a good good goal thrill, a uh, four goal thriller, and uh, Chelsea better pray that they wake up because they're going to start dropping down that table if they don't start changing some stuff up. Okay, so Chelsea Brighton, we talked about. Let's talk about the second one real quick. Um, Newcastle and Manchester United, and that's coming to us live and in person from St. James Park. So this is number six in the table versus number seven in the table, Nick. There's a goal differential for United is zero. They've scored 16 whopping goals, they've allowed 16. Newcastle scored 31. And allowed 14. You do the math there. 17. So that's what separates them. Besides the one point, Newcastle's offense is and defense are better. Um, I, I have Newcastle winning this one three to one over United. Yeah. This this should be God, it's so funny. The United plays they they play differently in these league games, but they're just so bad. I, I gotta go with two nothing to Newcastle. I don't know if United will be able to score. Um, they both just had Champions League matches that meant something, so that that can't give the advantage to either or side. And we just know United's defense just is, isn't there. Varane's on the bench. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going two nothing Newcastle. Um, I think Isak scores twice and Gordon scores once, and that's three. And then I think that Garnacho scores once for United. I'm going to say the Paraguay, uh, Paraguayan man, uh, Almiron. I'm going to say Almiron. Almiron okay. Yep. Almiron wakes up, gets him a goal, and the youngster Gordon uh, gets him one. So we won't pile on United anymore. Let's get to the big one. This is obvious. I think this is the biggest match of the entire weekend, and that is uh, Manchester City traveling to London to play Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I What's agree. Your initial thoughts on this match? I think Tottenham continue this the 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 skid, man. I, I just I don't see them beating City. I don't care they're in London. I just something Tottenham, man. They they got so many injuries. They got so much going on. They've had a hard time. Finishing with Young Sung Min getting three offside goals, let a, a hat trick of offside goals. If he could stay on side, I mean, you got a whole different ball game. But 
I'm going to say City here, man. City are going to bring it to them. They're going to look. They're going to want that win. Uh, sure, Tottenham's not in Europe, but I just City City need it, man. City need it. Tottenham, of course, need it. But you know, you're going to have this talent on City just just showing out. I mean, Doku should start. I, I mean, it's going to be hard. I'm going to say City. I'm going to give them the two nothing to City. I'm going to say Tottenham gets shut out. Well. The thing is that Spurs have always frustrated City. I mean, during during the Pep era, that they they've yeah. they've, done, they've they've one of the sides that's done better against the Guardiola Man City sides than 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 a lot of others have. So, I mean, I, I it, the fact that it's in London, I I would sit here and be lying to you if I said it was going to be a walk in the park. I absolutely think this has draw written all over it. I think the City are going to go there with the intent of winning, but I think Spurs know that they are on a three game skid. They've dropped. Uh, nine points out of nine in the last three weeks. They've fallen from first in the table to fifth. And while that's still close, they're four points separating them from first place Arsenal. They're three points behind City in second, two behind Liverpool and Aston Villa in third and fourth, respectively. United and Newcastle are breathing down their throats. So the winner of that match could potentially overtake Spurs um, by the end of this match day. So they they there's a sense of urgency that needs to be there with Spurs right now. And I think that's what's going to prevail. And I think they could actually win this match outright, but I'm going to go. I, I think they're going to they're going to get a draw with City. I think it's going to be a two-two draw. And I'm going to go. You know, obviously, I think it's going to be Phil Foden that scores. I think uh, Holland's going to score one. And then, you know, if I had to go with goal scores, you know, I think Son's always going to be one of the top threats for me um, because he's so dynamic. He can just get down the pitch. He can streak down those. The um, any any basically the half spaces, the wings, whatever he he he's so elusive and he's just a, a, an amazing um, number nine for Spurs at one of the one of the most prolific goal scorers in the last five to seven years in in, in the Premier League. But also I like uh, Kulusevski, so I think you know he could score um, also behind Son in that number number ten position. So I do I think it's going to be a two two draw to be quite honest with you. I think and I, I like the fact that. You know, Spurs play the four two three one. It's one of my preferred systems. Um, that's going to be, you know, I, I I think if you just stick with what's gotten you there. I mean, I know that they've lost three on the balance, but they had eight wins before that. And one could argue that obviously the Liverpool match could have been a draw or loss. So it's kind of like one of those ones where you question it. Like they might already be lower than they are had that match not held up in the fact of the poor officiating, right? Yeah, yeah, but no, that's right. I'm going off of history, just the fact that Spurs are kind of like a wounded animal right now. They're desperate. They need to win. They need to get some kind of points. They can ill afford to to, to, to drop 12 out of 12 points. So they're going to go for the win, which could leave them susceptible, as I said earlier in the program, when you do this, if you press up high and you go for goal against City, it leaves you susceptible in front of your own goal to concede quite a few if you're unlucky. And I think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen twice, but I think Spurs will be able to have enough arsenal and ammunition in their own lineup to be able to counter that. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to end in a draw. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that happening for sure. I, I, uh, I got. I want. I want a title race. So the draw would be best in my 
future endeavors here, but you know, it's, it's going to be hard and, and Tottenham have been down. Those, those losses of losses have hurt them. Injuries have been hell on them too. So yeah, man, we well, actually City, got our, if City draws, they go to 30 points. Then Liverpool, if Liverpool beats Fulham, they go to 31. Where's Arsenal um, at? That's, Arsenal that's, play. At, that's at Anfield. Who do Arsenal play? Um, yeah, Liverpool. Fulham has a 9% chance to win. Yeah, dude, um, that's... I'm not going to yeah, say... So Liverpool get three points. Arsenal is playing Wolves. Oh, that's a hard one for them. They it's usually have a hard time. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. So, yeah, City City draw or lose, then you're going to have teams moving up. And uh, that's kind of, gosh, you know what? That's what we want. So And Villa, Villa plays Bournemouth, so that should be a win for them. God, good old Villa. Dracula, man. Manager so, of the yeah, year. So, yeah, so the way I look at it is this is the way it could, cause it could come down to this. Spurs and City draw. So Arsenal's in first. Liverpool's in second. Um Aston Villa is in third, and Man City's in fourth at the end of this this match day. Yeah, what do you see about that? I mean, that would be insane, but it could happen. I'm telling you, man, Dracula. I, I he's just amazing job. And if City are in fourth place by the end of this match day, I would, I'd be in heaven. I'd love it. So, right after that. Mind you, so Bournemouth play Villa this week, but then this is huge. The next yeah. two weeks, December sixth, and then sat. Oh, sorry, Wednesday, December sixth, and then uh, on December 9th, Aston Villa play Man City, and then Aston Villa play Arsenal. Yeah, no, there's big. I saw that. I was gonna, I was gonna say there's some big matches coming up with these top teams, and we finally get to see these teams playing some really good sides and we'll see what they're about Aston Villa win win draw both those games then they are super for real yeah so City has Spurs then Villa then they get a gimme against Luton then Palace Brentford Everton and Sheffield oh wow so, so yeah it, it, they, it, they it, just Aston Villa's yeah. the last, yeah, last rough challenger. Yeah. So yeah, this is a big this is a big match week, man. We got us we got ourselves some some good ones. I know my Saturday and Sunday will be full of this and, and I got Brazil ending also. So this is uh this yeah, is shaping up to be a good one. The other one. So Liverpool has Fulham, Sheffield, Palace, United. West Ham and Arsenal. Yeah. And on Boxing so Day they play on Boxing Day they play Burnley. Okay. E, that's, so that's should be that's not that's not too hard either. No, it's not. That's we that's already doable. talked about Villa, we talked about City. So the other ones are is Arsenal. Yeah. And what they have left in the first half of the season is Wolves, Luton, Villa, Brighton. Liverpool and West Ham. That's a little bit rough. Yeah. I mean besides Luton, you you know, you got Villa, West Ham, Liverpool. Well, they play Liverpool right. at Anfield too, which is where Arsenal goes to die. Oh yeah, God. 
they, yeah, literally there's, there's a grave there already for them. So yeah. that's, so that's Christmas. That's Christmas Eve Eve. They play at Anfield. Wow. Really? Yeah. God, um, that's what time is it? Coffee? Uh, 1230, but here's the kicker, right? So they play, so they play at the end of December and then on February 3rd, they play again at the Emirates. So Liverpool and Arsenal will play both of their prem matches against each other within a span of six weeks. Yeah, and then and then you have Chelsea the week before January thirty first. So, yeah, man, this that's the one we're we're going to be getting together with with a, a special guest. Yeah, these are heating up. These are heating up. Things are heating up. I mean, the, these matchups. Yeah, they're coming at us. They're going to be coming at us fast and furious. This Champions League is about to go to the knockout Playoff. stage. Europa yep. League is about to go to the knockout stage. Um, we're about to get to, I always consider boxing day is the, uh, the big milestone in the premier league, get to that. And, you know, like if these points are still where they're at, I mean, we're, I mean, we're in for a treat, you know, like, I I just think that this is, um, this is the prime thing. I mean, I just, I, I, I think that, I think that there's absolutely, um, a, a title race in England. I think this is, I think, no, I think the, these four sides, then they're not all going to be there at the end, but this is just, this is the most exciting it's been in probably since 2016, 17 between, you know, Spurs and Leicester. Yeah. Oh God. We'll, we'll probably, it'll be 40 years before we might say that. Sorry. Again. Uh, 2015, 16, my bad. Yeah. yeah 15, 16, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's all we ask for. I mean, mm-hmm. as someone who just loves the game and loves, following this is uh this is panning out to be a season that i'm glad we started this and we have been continuously covering all this good stuff man i mean i can't ask for anything better hell with these with these uh leagues going to crap what we would just you know we'd be talking about Bayern munich and psg all you know there'd be nothing to chat about so yeah man this this is turning out to be really good and christmas is coming we got ourselves had that that we'll have that little break, and then in March we'll have the uh, Euro playoffs, and then we're looking at um, Euros starting what next summer, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so dude, we got we got a ton of good stuff to look forward to. We got a good good league uh, races into Euros in Germany with your team, to where we can get together and watch us some German euros oh man yeah this summer is gonna be good too absolutely man yeah yeah well i uh i have nothing else i i gotta tell you um the 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 beer's empty the bourbon's empty and mom said she's turning out the lights in the basement so uh, unless you have anything else sir um i am i'm gonna go we had this was a chop full edition i mean we got just like i said a lot of big matchups a lot of heated rivalries and as we head to the month of December, it's getting colder outside, but it's getting very, very hot in Europe's top leagues. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have anything else. If if uh, any of our listeners are following um, South American, I just want to say Brazil will be ending here soon, and we have a really close race. It's going to come down to probably the last match. Palmeiras and Botafogo are only three points separating. Uh, also Flamingo and Atletico uh, Monero. So yeah, man, the end is coming. Uh, I appreciate you letting me hang in the basement uh, with you. And uh, yeah, man, let's get these lights out and get on home. Sounds good, Nick. <laughs>